Well, of course they're happening today. God is a God of the supernatural. But there are several qualifying things to be said. If you look at the biblical record, you can see that evidences of the supernatural are not uniformly distributed through history. They are concentrated. There's quite a concentration of them at the exodus from Egypt. There's quite a concentration of them in the days of Eliyahu, the prophet, when Israel had sadly institutionalized Baal worship as a state religion. And Eliyahu challenged it, Elijah challenged it. There's then a concentration after centuries, really, um, at the time of Jesus and the apostles. So it's clear, even within biblical history, they don't occur all the time. Secondly, within biblical history, they do not occur on demand. Our Lord healed people, he didn't heal everybody. And of course that raises questions that we need to face tonight. Why didn't he do that if he has these powers? And even for some of his apostles, the record is there. Paul apparently had a pretty serious eye disease that caused him a lot of distress and made him look quite ugly. And people said to him, Paul, if we could take our eyes out and give them to you, we'd do it. And so Paul prayed to God about it. And the answer was no. And then in the end, uh, on the third occasion, as Paul relates it, the answer was, my grace is enough for you. I'm not going to heal you. And it's complicated yet further by the fact that even though a Christian like myself believes that Christ could, was raised from the dead and raised Lazarus from the dead, he didn't raise everybody from the dead at that time. So no matter how much faith you have, you won't necessarily be cured of your cancer. You might be, and there's no doubt that people have been. Now having said that, I discovered that things that I would, now this is a personal question, and the trouble is it can be psychologized out of all existence, which is why I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, and why I've kept with the miracles of the New Testament. But what I have discovered in traveling around the world, uh, and being in the situation where there are primitive peoples, as we would call them, uh, they're not uh, civilized by all our Western scientific standards, that God uses methods that would be readily describable as miraculous. Let me give you one example. Now, as I say, you can analyze these psychologically and all the rest of them, but I spent a lot of time during the Cold War in Eastern Europe, because, mainly because I was interested in what effect atheism had on society. And I've been in Poland a great deal, and many of my Polish friends suffered horrifically um, during the Second World War, and particularly my Jewish friends, the Warsaw Ghetto and all the rest of it. Absolutely horrific suffering. And I love to ask people like this, you know, how, how did you come to faith in God in this horrific kind of situation? And one friend who was highly intelligent said to me, he said, well, he said, you're not going to believe what happened to me. Well, I said, try me. So he told me how he wanted to commit suicide and he, he decided to throw himself into the Vistula River. And he was standing on the side of the river and he said it was extraordinary. A telephone number came into my head. And he was standing, wanting to jump in. And it was so insistent, he thought he'd better go and ring this number before he committed suicide. And he phoned the number, and he was put through to a factory. And he said, I sense that I've got to phone this number. And the girl said, what's it in connection with? Well, he said, I'm in a terrifically bad state. Oh, that'll be Mr. So-and-so, and put him straight through. And Mr. So-and-so was a Christian who came immediately out and met him. And there he was talking to me, having lived a life of fulfillment and so on. I find it very hard to think that that's not supernatural. Have you ever experienced that? Well, you judge. 
You judge. I'll tell you a story and you judge. Would you like me to do that? I mean, this is a personal thing, but that's what the questioner asked. As you know, I'm interested in Russia, but the reason I started going there is that I once was at a conference of mathematical cryptographers, you know, the people that try to ensure that your ATM transactions are secure, which depends on the factorization of large prime numbers and so on. And at the end of the conference, uh, the bus driver took a pal of his to the station with the result that 50 of us missed the train. So you have 50 angry mathematicians standing <laughs> on the platform. And we got a later train and I found myself in a compartment in the end at night with a German student, a Belgian foreign relations tourist uh, person, and a couple of Russians. And I started talking to the Russians because I speak a bit of the language and discovered that they were from Lake Baikal. And he said, I'm an ecologist actually. And this was 1989 and I thought, this is astonishing. Do they allow ecology? I said, do they allow ecology? Because Baikal is one of the deepest lakes in the world and there are really big questions about what secret plants were doing polluting it. And to have an ecologist from there was just astonishing to me. Oh yes, he said, they, they allow discussion of ecology. And suddenly, I mean, it was a bit angular. I said, do they allow conversations about other topics? He said, like what? Well, I said, like God, for instance. And he said, yes, but in that second, I had an insistent feeling I had to give him a Bible. You've got to give him a Bible. I've never had this feeling before or since. So as we talked, you've got to give him a Bible. But where do you get a Russian Bible in a train going through Belgium in the middle of the night? And then I remembered, after possibly 10 minutes or so, I remembered that I'd been in Germany three weeks before and been at the home of a publisher and he had a beautiful Russian Bible lying on his desk. And I picked it up, he said, is that any good to you? Well, I said, I'd love one, it's much better print than mine. I put it in my case, and as I talked in this train, I thought, would it be still there? Surely I left it at home. So I got up and pushed my hand in the top the way you do, and it was still there. Pulled it out, handed it to him. And I said, that's for you. And he went as white as a sheet, he was totally speechless, for quite a while. And then he said, how do you know? I said, what do you mean, how do you know? He said, how do you know that eight weeks ago, the only Bible we've ever seen in our lives was stolen? And we then got permission, which we never dreamed of getting, of coming to the West for a conference. And in four hours time, we're taking off from Moscow. How did you know? I said, do you believe this book? And he said, I'm not sure. But he said, she does. And his wife was sitting, beaming. I'll never forget her. She took it, she hugged it, she kissed it. Is this really for me? And they were gone. And the German student turned to me, I'll never forget it. And she said, does that often happen to you? <laughs> and I said, not every Tuesday, no. <laughs> but I said, it's completely logical. She said, how? Well, I said, these people have been deprived of the word of God for 70 years. God can use me as a postman. Now, I leave you to judge what I was. But I know what I think it was. And of course, I've had many experiences. Not all the time, of course, because that's not what you would expect. But enough to confirm personally rather than remotely by interaction with others that, of course, God, the God of the New Testament. But I need to make a final point. Every conversion is supernatural. And that's the biggest thing. You see people's lives taken from the edge of suicide, taken from alcohol, drug dependence, cleaned up, divorces prevented, relationships healed. Those are the big things. It's odd that whenever we think of miracles in the supernatural, we always think of healing. Why is that? It's an infinitely bigger thing to be, as the New Testament puts it in its language, born again. 
That by definition is a supernatural act of God, isn't it? Born from above, as the Greek puts it. So yes, I do think miracles still occur, but we need to make the caveats because there's nothing more destructive, and I say this from a considerable amount of experience, as well-meaning people going to others and saying, you know, you're suffering from Alzheimer's. If you had enough faith, you'd be cured. And then, when they're not, they're left with a God that lets them down. How many a family has been destroyed when children are told their dad's going to get better and the Lord has said so, and they're left, as many a child has told me, with a God that tells lies, and I will not believe in a God that tells lies. So you need to be very, very sensitive with this kind of thing.